Hello and welcome to episode 273 of Three Bears in a Movie. I'm Richard Laird and I'm with... Colin McKay. Hello Colin. Nice to see you again on Zoom. You've not you've not done any emoticons this morning, uh, this afternoon? With your, oh, with I'm, I'm, Keda, I'm being spared. I'm going to use them when it's appropriate. Nice, okay. I don't know if it's uh, appropriate to be using, but I'll find No, no n- never. I grow, a man of when he's 50 should not be using emoticons <laughs> at any point. Um, but we are a bit pushed for time today because I've got a, a crying puppy and also I've got food coming. So we're going to be relatively brief and we're going to batter through a bunch of films tonight. Yay. Yay. Um, what are you drinking, first of all? Anything interesting? Oh, um, yeah, it's not interesting, but I'm drinking. Um, I'm drinking Cobra. I don't mind Cobra. I don't mind a Cobra. Cobra is, it's, it's a kind of Indian restaurant favourite, isn't it? You go to an Indian yeah. restaurant and, you know, you get your curry and you get a Cobra. Um, it's delightfully refreshing, I would say, a Cobra. Yeah, yeah totally. It, it, it's it, it's the company's curries, so it's, yeah, exactly yeah. what it is. It's just it, it's, light, refreshing, easy to drink. Yeah. Nice. Um, I got that because it was the cheapest thing in the shelf. I mean, nothing wrong with that, Brad. <laughs> I'm, I'm saying, it, like, we do mock some of the kind of more higher end, like, not higher end ones, sort of the more sort of, like, well-known ones, but Cobra, yeah. I was quite a fan of Cobra, I can definitely drink a, a Cobra quite quite happily. What are you drinking? Are you drinking? Tonight? I've got one here, I've got it from the Stuart Brewing, I'm still drinking through my, my bunch of that, and it's called Orange Hop. Ooh, that's a nice can as well, it's, it's like a nice can, of it? tartany, orange, yellowy can, that's pretty. Exactly, yeah. exactly, so it's like, it's very nice, very refreshing, very orangey as well, actually. Citrusy, yeah, yeah. yeah. Is, yeah. It, but, is um, it strong or is it quite weak? It does have like, quite an orange kick to it, but it's only like 4, 4.5%, 4.6%, sorry, but mm. the oranginess is definitely kicking you. It's definitely, you can taste the orange more than you taste the beer, which is what I like, obviously, I don't want to yeah. drink beer. Definitely a bit refreshing, that's, that's the reason I like I have a very good summer beer. Yeah, that's the reason I like peach snaps so much, isn't it? It's because it yeah. tastes of peaches and not snaps. No, not, not snaps. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, orange hop, if you're looking for it, definitely be one for um, a Christmas, not Christmas, one, sorry, a summer, summer night, summer afternoon. Sounds month. very nice. I'd, I think I'd quite enjoy that because I do like my, I like Earl Grey tea, which is bergamot orange. So Yes, there you go. Is that Earl Grey tea? Is? It's orange. Ber- bergamot, it's like kind of really mild orange. Yeah, yeah, it's bergamot. So, yeah. um, I didn't know that. I did yeah, not know that. Yeah. I'm more sophisticated than I look. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> Um, <laughs> let's, get into, let's get into viewings then, Colin. Non-cinema watching, anything interesting you've watched at home on TV? Uh, Andor. Um, I've given up I, on Andor. Have you given, did you know, I thought you'd have really dug it. I just, I, no, I'm not giving up, I'm, I'm just, I have no rush to watch it. I, I'm like, I don't, I just don't care enough. Right, have you, did you start it? I think I'm in episode four or five. Oh, you need to, to see it through. I know, but I will yeah. say do the adventure, but I don't, don't feel a rush to watch. Like, when I'm lying in bed at night, we go, what do you want to watch tonight? You want to watch an Andor? Or you want to watch an, an, an old X-Files episode? We go, an old X-Files episode. Yeah, that's that watching the one on Amazon. I'm not sure I thought about it a wee minute. But yeah, Andor, how is it? Because the last um, episode was Andy Serkis, apparently. Yeah, yeah, which yeah. I, I don't know if I was kind of still ill last week, but um, I, I watched it this week and it did a recap and I was like, I don't know whether Andy Serkis has been in this at all. Um, oh, he's only in it? I thought he was directing it, sorry, he's only in it. Oh, he's in it as well, I don't know if he directed, but um, he, he was like a massive part of it, so I've obviously been either tuned out or ill and just kind of not absorbed it, the fact that he was in it at all. Um, he's not playing Snoke, is he? He's not playing that character, is he? Nah, nah, no, 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 he's, he's not Snoke. But um, I don't know if this is the last one or not, because this was 10. Um, I've, mm-hmm. I've got a funny feeling there's two, because the way they've left it, it's like, no, you wouldn't, you just, you you wouldn't leave it like that. I mean, it goes against everything. Um, right. Um, so I think there's more to come still. But yeah, it was, it's still, still plodding along nicely and still kind of, you know, slow burning and character development and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It's not in a rush to kind of get anywhere, um, which I'm quite enjoying. He did not direct. Uh, he, did, he did not direct it. It was my mistake. He did not direct it. He, he was. He, he was in it. But yeah, let's say um, I totally don't recall seeing him in it at all last week. So, um, 
maybe I should pay more attention. Um, <laughs> you got a bit of a fever dream last week, last part. Oh, yeah, yeah, been a bit, a bit off. Um, and Modern Family, we're still, we're still watching. Nice, that. nice. As well, we're still. That's just kind of come home from work, have your dinner, and you know. I'm with you on that. I'm, yeah. I'm not against that. Yeah. Yeah, so that, that's Modern Family. What about yourself on TV? Well, if we started watching you, but obviously we're still watching the X Files because we love the X Files, and I'm very much enjoying how good X Files is on a rewatch and how much charm it's still got. Um, what season? Yeah, it's only season one. Um, some of the gender politics maybe a little bit dated, some of it, you know. Um, but other than that, pretty good. Uh, and we started watching on no, it's on Disney. Sorry, Disney called Reboot. And it's basically right. about an idea. It's about a comedy show getting brought back after like twenty years, and all the cast getting back together and trying to hash out um, like sort of old differences and try and put this show because all the kids are went in very different directions. Mm. Uh, they're trying to make this make make, make a go of this this show again. So it's sort of poking fun. Who's in it? Uh, Keegan Michael Key. Oh, okay. He's in it as well. Um, uh, Judy Greer, who we oh, love. Good cast, yeah. Very cast. I was very, there's something happens in this episode one of Judy. I'll talk to you off mic about it. They didn't. They very upset me about Judy Greer. Um, <laughs> also, Rachel Bloom is in it as well. Um, and thingy from Mad About You, whose name I always forget. Paul. He's in Stranger Things this year as well. Not Paul Schreiber. It's not. It's like Paul, Paul Reiser. Paul Reiser. Oh yeah. Paul. Oh, right. Okay. He's in Stranger Things. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Him. Yeah, he's yeah, in it as well. Yeah, so right, okay. cast. That's a yeah, really that's a really good cast. Um, I, might, I might check this out. Yeah, I think it's only like 10 episodes, like half an hour, 25 minutes each. Um, watch the first two, giggle along with it, worth a watch. Perfect dinner time, June. Exactly. I've not, like, I want to, I'm kind of intrigued to watch Blockbuster on Netflix, but I feel that somehow it's like, it's like a snake eating its own tail. You know, the reason why Blockbuster doesn't exist is because of, well, you. Yeah. You know, so yeah, it's like, I it's totally like a you, show about it, you know? <laughs> yeah, you kind of killed it, you fuckers. Um, yeah, it'd be, like, it'd be like the Vatican Church making a film about child abuse. You go, nah, I don't think, you know, <laughs> like, I feel like you're the main proponents of this, to be honest, you know? So, um, I guess you know the subject, well, nothing yeah, else. Um, <laughs> yeah, so we're watching, but um, Reboot, actually, Keegan Michael Key is the enjoyable actor on screen. Yeah, um, yes. Judy Greer is always, I think, fantastic um, in everything she does. So I've, we've enjoyed it. It's, it's a nice, pleasant half hour watch. I uh, will we'll check it out because it sounds I, I do love Judy Greer. Um, she yeah. she she's like she's like my new kind of Diane Weiss almost. So I mean, yeah, she's she's kind of taking that that role. She has a wonderful chaotic energy about her that I really like that I really get behind. Yeah, yeah, but she's yeah. got that that kind of mumsiness as well. Yes, yeah, so there's a mumsiness, a chaotic mum is what yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> really like She is that sort of um, Sarah Rue for a long time. She had that kind of vibe as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah the, so. Diane Weiss is the ultimate mum. Yeah, I like that. So, yeah. on to the movies this week, Colin. There's been a lot out, we've, and we've collectively we've seen we've seen a bit between the two of us. So we'll get into that right now. Um, so first up, Netflix one. I thought you might have watched this one. It's called Enola Holmes Two. Because you quite like the first Enola Holmes. I did. I, I quite enjoyed it. Yeah. I thought the first yeah. one was, was quite interesting. The, the Sherlock Holmes kind of smarter sister almost. So, yeah. yeah. This is directed by Harry Bradbeer, um, who directed Enola Holmes. Also done things like Fleabag and Killing Eve, which is obviously very prevalent when you're watching this um, when it comes through to it. This one is set up. It's set a couple of years after the, the first Enola Holmes. Um, she's trying to start her own detective agency, um, but. People keep thinking that every crime that she solved was a brother was solving it because he gets all the credit for it. So she gets very frustrated about the close-up shop when she finally gets a case to go and find a, a, a missing girl, um, and that sends her on a, a you know an adventure to find this yeah. missing girl um, and sort of get into involved in sort of like Victorian labour laws for some bizarre reason. But anyway, that's, that's where it goes. That's where it goes. Um, 
in the film, you've got Millie Bobby Brown, she plays Enola Holmes. You've got Henry Cavill, he plays Sherlock sure. Holmes. Uh, David Thewellis plays the baddie. Um, Susan Walkman as well. Hamish Patel plays Dr. Watson. Um, Adil Akhtar is in it as well. And Hella Bonham Carter pops up in it as well Ooh. as the mum, who's a bit more to do this time around than she did the first time. This is a very solid but very unspectacular sequel. You know, yeah. um, it, like every sequel, it tries to go bigger, layers in too much to make a bigger story, and ultimately gets a bit muddled. And kind of a lot of stuff you enjoyed in the first one gets kind of spread out a little bit, and you kind of don't doesn't quite the same pop and vibe as the first one had. Yeah, yeah. you know, um, Millie Bobby Brown, I think, is still very much a standout screen presence. She was really good, and anytime she wasn't on screen, it lacked energy without her. And that's saying a lot when you get Henry Cavill, who's I think a very charming actor as well. Charismatic, yeah, and, yeah. yeah. The problem is, I feel that there was a big rush to try and tie it into certain Sherlock things, as opposed to making its own thing. You know, so they're they're pushing to like to get Moriarty in this. And you're right. like, well, that's a Sherlock. Though. Why are you pushing? To, why why don't you make like, you know the Holmes its own thing? Yeah, give her like, her own villain. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, do that kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. So um, that to me felt a bit unnecessary. It felt a bit rushed. And I think I've no problem layering in. You know, if like if Sherlock says something along the lines of like, where are you? Like, I'm off to Baskerville or something. Then yeah. You know, like, we all know what that is. That's that's what he has. Yeah, but bring her. I mean, a bit on the nose, but surely it'd make more sense for Moriarty to have a daughter. Do you know what I mean? That would be even bit more interesting. Yeah, like, yeah Sherlock, Sherlock already defeated Moriarty, and this is Moriarty's yeah. daughter who's coming back to defeat Sherlock's sister or something like yeah, yes, to- that. Yeah, totally. Would totally. Work. Some, on the nose, but yeah, it would work better than I don't bring in Sherlock Holmes's nemesis as her nemesis. A little bit, yeah. bit lazy and a bit redundant. Um, but some nice moments, but it's it's too. Something I'll get to later on. Mm. In our film, the top of this week, two hour plus runtime. Yeah, two hours fourteen minutes, I believe. Is the not required. Uh, yeah. it and because of that, the good bits were so spread out that I felt like I was kind of watching. I wasn't really caring for a big chunks of it. Yeah. You know, like you feel you're sitting there going, like, like you sort of mumbling along. I think I remember from the original. I think even the first one had pacing issues as well, though. I think it was, still, the pace it was, like, was a bit uneven. Um, that's the same. Yes, very much. Yeah, so you got a yeah. good strong start. Decent finish, but the middle is very, very clunky and chunky. Yeah. You feel like you can really tighten that up. But well, the, the other, the film that I watched, I had a choice of watching this or the other film. Um, and because of the runtime on this, I decided the other one I was going to watch. I watch that, which is two and a half hours, and I figured, you know what, fifteen minutes more, I was well watching. Aye. Watching that, so yeah, that, that's and all homes is a, is long. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's it's a long one. I mean, it's fun. I mean, it's fun enough in, in places, but. Would no, it hold, like, obviously, I mean, it's target audience is tweens. Would, is, yes. is it too long to hold their attention, do you think? I think possibly they'll get bored in the middle of it because of, like, how stodgy it gets. Mm. That, 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 that'd be my issue with it. But, but other than that, it's, it's fine. It's, it's decent Saturday night or Sunday afternoon viewing. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah not a bad film, just... We speak about this every couple of weeks, don't we? Just, there's just... Editing just now is terrible, isn't it? There's just no sense of fucking, you know, just no one's saying no one's saying no to people. They sort of let you put as much in as you want, you know. Yeah. And I met listening to an interview with um, Michael Chino, who wrote, who directed that Werewolves of Finn, and he had like four or five scenes he wanted to put into that and they cut out because of, for pacing. You go, you can left them in because they would put it over the runtime for like over an hour, but he decided yeah. not. I'm out because it doesn't make it doesn't add into the runtime. Get them out. Don't yeah. need them. Yeah. Yeah. That film host we watched, I think at one point, it was like 58 minutes long. Get it down to exactly what you fucking need. Don't put in what you just for the sake of it. And there's a lot of stuff in you go, see, I see why they put it in. It's got some charm to it, I understand it, but it just it took away from the whole pace of the film. So yeah. with that in mind, six out of ten. 
Oh, no, bad score, though. Um, and see, the first one was good. I expect to be kind of similar, kind of frantic action yeah. sequences and stuff like that. So, yeah. 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 I'll, I'll, I'll watch it at some point. I'll, I'll get to it, the first one. A Sunday evening viewing. Um, on from that, we'll go on to one from you, Colin, that you've seen that I have not seen yet, and I keep meaning to watch it. I'll maybe watch it tomorrow, because I've got a half day tomorrow, so I might watch it tomorrow. And that is All is Quiet on the Western Front, also available on Netflix, which yeah. is directed by Edward Berger. Um, main star in this is obviously... Your man Daniel Bro. No. Um he's got he a very very minor role in it. He's the biggest name in it. Big well, name, big biggest name, biggest name that we would recognise, but yeah, he, he doesn't have a role in it at all. Felix Camera, Albert Shook, um who else we got in it? Eden Hasnovic. <laughs> very much a German yeah. people, people know German um films. I'm laughing at you right now. <laughs> Sebastian Hulk, which is a great name. He plays Major von Brixdorf. Um, no, so this is a, it's based on the the book, um, it's yeah, a, a World, World, World War One from the German perspective, yeah. essentially. Um, yeah. Colin, this is not from expect you to watch. Is, is it in black and white or is it in colour? No, it's in colour. Um, it, it, it's, it's historical in subtitles and it's about history. Didn't think you'd go for it. How I, do you, I, how do you I, find I do it? like war films, so I do enjoy a good, good war film. Um, so, yeah, so yeah, as you say, this is a, this is. Um, a film of the book, and also I think there's been a few versions throughout time. Yes. But I think the 1930 version is is the one that's kind of held up best and the most iconic. Um, so yeah, it basically follows. Oh, um, the version with um, Ernest Borgnine. I really like that one. Yeah, um, it, it basically follows um, a, a kind of young German lads. Um, journey from signing up to to join the army, getting sent to the Western Front, and then just his kind of journey from from going from you know an innocent young boy to to a jaded, cynical, destroyed man. I yeah, so yeah. many, I so many during this war. Yeah, um, the, the the cast. I don't know anyone from it. Um, right. I'm not. I'm, I'm not a massive kind of German cinema person. Um, I'm sure a few of them are probably big names in Germany. But um, the cast for who they were done their parts well. Yep. The story never really. It never really kind of lets the characters develop. Right. Their characters, but it doesn't give you. I think the book gives you a lot of kind of background, and the original movie yeah. does as well. Whereas with this one, it, you know, their characters, and unfortunately, you don't really kind of connect with them. Yeah, it's like kind of yeah. you know the main character. You you get a bit more kind of a feel of who he is, but he's got three friends with him, and they're kind of interchangeable. If you said at any point which ones that, you'd be like, I don't, I don't right, know. Okay. What. It's one of his friends. You know, it could be, could be. Fucking Larry Mario Joe, whoever you know, you, you don't right. know which one it is, unfortunately. Um, very visceral, um, be, being a yeah, war movie, year. um, but but not not glamorized. It, it's a, it's a, the violence is relevant, um, you know, it's shown you the horrors of war much in the way Saving Private Ryan does, yeah, okay, yeah, um, you know, like you kind of watch that opening scene of Saving Private Ryan, and it's not done, you know, to, to, to kind of make you feel. Macho, or you know, you don't want to glorify that. You don't, you don't yeah, a, a yeah. So, that, this is yeah. much the same. You know, there's a lot of horrible stuff in it, um, you know, but it's relevant, it's poignant, and it's showing you that you know, no, war's not nice, people get hurt, people die, yeah. and it, it's not scared to kind of throw right in your face, um, throughout, okay. throughout the movie. It, it kind of does some weird stylistic choices, um, the, the, the Daniel Brill character, and it he plays uh, some kind of German government person who's right, trying okay. to broker a kind of peace deal with the French 
Because World Cup is right, set sort of right at the very tail end of the war, so it's like essentially yeah. the guys who are going to die right now are going to die for literally nothing. Nothing, like, yeah. Dumps, this is, dumps, yeah it's like on the the last year of the war, it's uh, leading right yeah. up to the, the, the final days. But um, yeah, that Daniel Brühl's character, every time he's in it, it just feels like they've kind of forced us in, and it's not relevant to the film. And I know in the book, um, that none of this, you know, that this character never existed in the book, none of this would happen. It just focused on the soldiers and the war. Yeah. So this has been created for the film, and it just kind of takes you out of. Yeah, away from it. It's almost to try and get a yeah. name in there to find a character. Yeah, 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 and I'm sure they could have done something else. Um, it also does a lot of kind of Terence Malicky style shots of trees and stuff like that. Right, for, okay. for again, I don't know if there's a symbolism there that, that I'm not connecting. Um, you know, but it'll just kind of have this lingering shot of you know like a kind of sun and a tree, and you look. I don't understand. Like what you try to represent here? Yeah, yeah, which I didn't get, and then it'll cut back to you know what you're kind of watching, and you're, it's almost like you know it's almost like a wee mini advert. For nothing, yeah. do, do you know what I mean? Which is very bizarre. Um, but overall, I mean, it, it doesn't detract. It is a film that that jars you. Um, there's some some kind of really really horrible emotional scenes in it. You know, where you just sit there and you can feel yourself getting angry, feeling sad, feeling depressed. You know, so it kind of hits you in the right places. Right. Um, but yeah, it, it's kind of all just done a bit impersonally at times with the characters. I think is the biggest right. problem. Is it just doesn't give you you know, enough depth into the characters, you know, the the, the mechanics of why they're doing what they're doing, what they're thinking. Whereas something like, like Private Ryan, for example, you get to know every single character in that platoon. You feel, you, actually, yeah. you, you understand who they are, you know. Yeah, yeah. In 1917 yeah. as well, you're only focusing on two, so you feel you're, or one eventually. Yeah, so yeah. More time, but this is obviously trying to do a lot with a lot of characters in the same way. Yeah. Yeah, but um, not a bad film, but the, the, the stuff I'm saying doesn't make it a bad film. It doesn't detract from it. I mean, overall, as I watch, I think I would score it a solid 7 out of 10. Um, nice. and I think it's definitely a relevant movie, particularly now with what's going yeah. on. In, I was going to say um, over Russia and stuff right in Ukraine, yeah. but I guess there's wars in other parts of the world as well. So it's always relevant, but more so now for us. In the kind of if you tell people all, it's something that I think they're still... Yeah, absolutely. Here, um, just nothing was gained from this war. Definitely, definitely worth a watch. I mean, it's high production. Um, you know, um, the, the effects are good. You know, like, like you know, you feel like you are in the trenches. You know, you feel dirty, you feel cold, you feel yep. um, nervous. Work. So it kind of gives you all of that. Um, you know, so it's worth watching just to get that sense of it as well. Um, in, enjoyable film. Um, just some odd moments that make you think I don't understand that. Mm. Maybe maybe it's a German thing. I don't know. I mean, it could be. Um, it's in that 10th definitely recommendation. Oh, definitely. Uh, absolutely. What, yeah, yeah, watch it, sir. I think, I think you must. I will. I will. I think it might be my afternoon watching tomorrow. Yeah. Um, on from that, we go on to one that's in the cinema right now, which you haven't seen, but I was surprised you didn't go and see it. Oh. Sir, so there was no time to go see it, because, like I said, off, off mics, anyone seems to know when I work and when I don't, and they seem to base movies around my fucking When you're not available. Yeah. Um, There's a film called Watcher, directed by Chloe O'Connor. Um, it's our debut feature. Um, the plot of this film essentially it's um, a young couple, um, one Romanian um, and one American. They move back to Romania to be near his job, um, and it's her surviving in this city where she doesn't speak the language. He does. He's talked to all his friends and sort of been a bit more sociable and outward and you know loving life, and she's sort of stuck in a sort of very sort of isolated world. Mm-hmm. Um, one day when she's in her apartment, she notices some guy watching her. She waves at him. He waves back. And she starts to see him everywhere and she starts to believe that he's stalking her. And at the same time, there's a sort of ongoing story in the background of a serial killer who's chopping off heads of people in the area. Oh, and tension builder. Might be the guy who's doing it. 
and it's her trying to survive and sort of figure out what's going on. Okay. Ooh. You get Micah Monroe who pops up in it. She's the main girl in it. Um, she's from It Follows. Very, very good actress. She the main girl in It Follows? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Good horror actress. Uh, Carol Guzman plays the boyfriend and the man across the way is your favourite Bum Gorman. Bum Gorman? Yes. Um, so, I, I dug this. It's a very consistently creepy horror. Um, it's not a jump scare horror. You know, it's definitely not one of those kind of ones. It's more just a constant creeping dread and tension that's built throughout it. I've heard through. it's quite slow burn. You know, Very it's, slow it gets, it gets under your skin in the right way. Yeah. Um, so you get sub. So when basically you are in her world, where essentially when people around her are talking Romanian, there's no um, subtitle to tell you what they're saying. So you're very much lost in what she's. Yeah. Well, so unless someone speaks English or she. Or she says it out loud, you know what they're saying. You don't know what's happening, so you're very much in her world, and it's it's and it builds that sense of isolation and almost like gaslighting and all about this sort of like sense of like just being alone around about, you know, is, is very built built very quickly, which is really well yeah. done. I like yeah. that. I, I like that style of film making where it just puts you in a situation and you know figure it out. You know, you, you know, you know what she knows. Yeah, and I think ultimately yeah. what people are saying isn't that important. It's just a sense of like how weird is it if you're in this country and your your friend is talking to their friend and they're talking the language you don't understand. Like you feel like what am I doing here? Like I'm, yeah. I'm just I'm a, I'm a third wheel. So it's yeah. like you get that kind of point and she gets the question: Should she be there? Why is she coming all this way with this? With I kind of a mile just been dating for a long time. But anyway, why is she coming out there and all that kind of stuff? So it's it's very much you get to the root of like who she is and why she's there. Um, Michael Monroe, wonderful in the lead role. Like she's a great actress. She's a great horror actress. Like and I think that's a yeah. specific thing. Yeah. Like you know, yeah. there are great horror actresses um, out there and great horror actors as well. And she's one of them. She she um she she sends she gets a sense of isolation and sadness across really well and just and um I really dig her as an as an actress. Yeah. Um, yeah. um anything a little bit rush. It reverts to sort of more traditional horror fare towards the end, only the last fifteen minutes, which mm-hmm. I felt. I get why it did it. It tried to get a conclusion. It understand what it's trying to push for. But compared to the rest of the, the film, it felt like a bit. If not totally completely different, this all fits in and I understand what they're doing. But it just it felt like you know if the, if the whole film's going at maybe ten miles per hour, all of a sudden you went at fifty five for like about ten minutes and you feel like whoa, like that's, that's yeah, at least more of a build up was needed maybe. Yes, or, well yeah. they need to ramp it up. Into, yeah, yeah. A lot How is my boy born? Was it? Yeah, he's good. He's creepy. He's a creepy-looking motherfucker. Yeah, uh, isn't he? <laughs> but you know, it's nice to him in a role that sort of that had a bit of weight and was like more than just like a, a cameo. Cause he is sort of the guy who sort of been in for like a film for like five minutes and then that's him gone. Yeah, uh, yeah. He actually had a he had a good role in this, and he's a, a specific scene on a, a subway train that is genuinely is very chilling when you're watching it. Very very chilling. So um, yeah, Bum is very good in it. Um, very much the third person in this double header. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. But a very solid debut feature from Chloe Akuna. Um, very consistent tone throughout. First two acts were excellent. I would definitely be interested to see what she does next. And it's a very, very watchable horror film. In a world where there's been some very average and below par yeah. horror films, this film, it's not going to get the audience it deserves, but it's a really good film. I'm, des- I'm so desperate to see it. It's already down to one screening at two o'clock in the afternoon already. Nuts. Um, Absolutely nuts. Yeah, totally. Totally. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll get up. I'll come on streaming eventually. I'll, I'll yes, I think it'll be one of the most human. Um, so it's, I get a six and a half out of ten, which for a Ooh, horror is definitely is, strong. Yeah, so. yeah, definitely. Always say that anything above five for horror is not a bad yeah. film at all. I was pushing for yeah. a seven, but maybe say six and a half. Just, just the endings that let me down a little bit. Um, yeah. And, and that. but other than that, excellent. Desperate what? to see it. I will, I will get to it eventually. 
Right, so, okay, so on from that calls, we'll talk one that's on Roku. So anyone who's got a Roku <laughs> device, which I don't think anyone has, but if you don't have a Roku device, I think it's well worth getting it just purely for the film that is Weird Al, sorry, Weird, the Al Yankovic yeah, story. story. Yes. Directed by Eric Appel, who's been over TV comedy, done a lot of old TV comedy. Um, this is his debut feature. So this essentially is the biography <laughs> of Weird Al Yankovic, the sort of parody song singer. But it's a biopic that's absolutely not a biopic, if that makes it's sense. It's a parody of... Of a biopic. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think almost like pop star cross with Dewey Cox. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's it's that kind of level. It, it knows what it is, and you and as long as you're aware of what it is, it, it, it knows what it's doing. So yeah. In the film, you have <laughs> Daniel Radcliffe. He's playing Weird Al. Yes. You have Evan Rachel Wood playing Madonna, who is essentially the villain of this film. <laughs> Very much so, yeah. yeah. Um, and you also have a, a sort of a plethora of um, comedy actors in it, including Rain Wilson, Jack Black, Patton Oswalt, and Will Forte. They all pop you know, up in it. Do you know Emo Phillips was in it as well? Emo Phillips have popped up in it as Emo well. I just, I just Al Yankovic as well. I don't, yeah, totally. The cast is nuts. Um, yeah. All these guys are like blinking, you miss them. Do you know what I mean, yeah. as well? Do you know what I mean? So there's a man, um, Paul F. Tompkins, the guy who does um, Archer and... Um, Bob Burger's voice. See there as well. Yeah. He played Gallagher. Ah, right. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Cool. It was proper like that. That but it's not a spoiler. But there's a scene where he's at a kind of garden party. Yeah. And it's just full of celebrities and I just tried to be like, oh, that's that's. And there yeah. was so many. And I was like, I, I, I can miss that one. I didn't catch David Bowie. Did you? I caught him, but I didn't catch. I saw, I saw somebody playing him. Yeah, and I saw somebody playing um, a couple of other people. But it's one of those ones where it, someone described it on another podcast. I listened to it as. The Avengers Endgame of Comedy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought a perfect description totally. of it. Totally, and, and, and capped off perfectly with a really good John Deacon gag as well. Was yes, brilliant. played by um, <laughs> David Dutch Malkin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, it's, it's an absolute bonker. I mean, I, I kind of, I went in expecting a kind of biopic almost. Yeah. And within about 30 seconds, I was like, right, okay, this, this is what I thought I was going to be watching. And then it was that, and it was the final third when it all goes absolutely crazy. Jill went, "This is not realism." I'm going, "No, it's not real." No, <laughs> yeah, because it then, I mean, it goes from the, the first, the, the first act is almost serious, but it's still a parody. Yes. And then it just goes off the rails, and yeah. then it just goes further off the rails. You know, <laughs> just, and you're like, "I don't, I don't understand." And um, but but then there are like some ele- elements of it are true, you know, but. You know, taking and, and stretch like so amplified far. Amplified, yeah, stretch. Yeah, it. It, it, you're just like, I don't know what's true anymore. I don't yeah. understand. <laughs> it's like, there's a whole riff with Beat It, which I thought was just amazing. That was just so funny. Well, that that's when it flipped. That's when it yeah. went from, you know, it was just like, you know, it, it kind of flipping that around. And that's when it just changed into this whole different fucking movie. Yeah. And it, you're like, right, I get what he's done. And it's just like genius at that point. Look, it's, wow. it, I think it's magnificently silly, but it's everyone's playing it completely straight. Uh, yeah, yeah, which makes totally. it even funnier. Just, like, the, the stuff with his dad when he's like sort of Tommy wants to play the accordion, and it's like sort of the, the, you know they, they teach they treat yeah. the accordion like you know some kid doing crack cocaine. You know that <laughs> yeah. accordion is and like it's just so funny. So um, I, again, I don't think there's much spoils, but um, the, the bit where where the, the the salesman and the dad that was that was hilarious. Oh, <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> it's just I was like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. This is this is nuts. Um, our, our boy Daniel, um, let's talk Fantastic about his performance. Thought. 
Yeah, he embraced it, didn't he? He just he thought, you know what, I'm I'm going for this, and, and he did. He, he went for it in such a, a big way. Um, although, I did, did you notice how small he is? I know Daniel Radcliffe is small. He's only but, five foot six or something. He's a small guy. But it seemed like in this film, like everybody was like a foot taller than him. They seemed to yeah. have cast him beside like everybody is, was. That's the thing though. He's banned on all like sort of like the jock meatheads. That's the whole point. Like it's sort yeah. of. They treat him like it's like he's a jock. They, he, they're all jocks. And he's like the kind of guy to hang about with for some bizarre reason. You know? Yeah, yeah, to- totally. It, it, you know, like the, the whole kind of deal, a bunch of jocks stuff, but you know, you can do it. We believe in you. And it's just so, yeah. so, like, there's so much heart in it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just so like much work. My baloney spit just went on for about at least a minute or two minutes longer than it actually should have done. But it was, it, that actually made it, the longer it went, the funnier it got. I thought it's, it like that, like... It, it's like the potato scene in Greasy's Triangle, and it just gets uh-huh. to you at an absurd point where it's got to be funny. Do you know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> you know, it's it not... has to be, yeah, yeah. You know, it, it, it makes itself funny. It just, imposes on you and you're like okay it's yeah. funny I get it um, yeah I get it now yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, dug, I thought it was, I generally dug this in a big way probably, probably my favourite comedy of the year I would say this year I would say really probably the thing I've laughed the most at all year like, I thought it was just so stupidly funny from a narrative point of view great opening phenomenal finale there's a middle bit it's a, it's a bit stodgy at times I would, yeah I would say. it does kind of get a wee bit kind of like there's a lot more plot strands I try to like tie up and bring together and sort mm-hmm. of you know mild into something but that's only negative. Other than that, I thought it was just genuinely funny. Everybody who comes comes with the absolute right attitude brings their A game to it, knows the tone perfectly. They know what they're playing. They're not trying to play it as a piss take. They're not trying to play it as stupid. They're playing it completely straight, and that's where the comedy comes from with it. And that's you know the idea of treating parody songs as real. You know if that kind yeah. of thing. Is yeah. So brilliantly done. Brilliant. Apparently, um, they, they cast uh, Weird Al cast Daniel because he'd seen him doing that rap that he'd done in the Graham Norton show the, the yeah. element rap and that's why he cast him but what I thought was a real shame was um, all the vocals in the film were weird out they didn't let yeah, him do which I, I thought would have been yeah. I, I think he could have nailed it I think you know let, let, him, let him do it man but um, yeah it was weird out doing doing all the singing and stuff like that um, weird out when he, when he auditioned for the punk band I thought was fucking hilarious <laughs> 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 it's that, that. so stupid yeah, yeah, totally. Um, just the whole thing, is it just... See, it starts out, like, the first 10 minutes, you, you just don't know where what it's going doing? to go. Yeah. And then it, as soon as it hits the, 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 the eat it part, that's it. Do you know what I mean? You're like, right, yeah. okay, I, I get it. Do you know what I mean? And it just fucking goes out of control from there. Um, wickedly funny film. Um, 7 out of 10 for me. Yeah, 7 and a half out of 10 for me as well. I, I, I laughed a lot through it. Yeah, I laughed, I yeah. Uh, it that I Anyone that, that's got, I think Roku's part of Sky. Post. Sky and Now TV. Yeah, yeah, so if you've got Sky and Now TV, then yeah, we both would recommend it, yeah. So the only thing about it is it's a, it's a comedy that should be seen by an audience, I feel. A bit like when we saw yeah. Star and we saw like What We Do In The Shadow, things like that. You yeah. want that visceral comedy reaction to it. Because you do feel a bit daft sitting in your house by yourself watching it, chuckling yeah. away. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you need that kind of participation and, and sense of, you know, crowd watching it definitely 100% really. um, yeah. so 7 out of 7 well, 7 and a half, 7 out of 10 from both yeah. of us and yeah. on to the final film this week you've not seen it but I'm surprised you've not seen it because I know you're a big horror fan and that is the new version of Hellraiser um, directed by David Bruckner um, who is a director we like because he directed that film The Night House that you really like loved that film yeah uh, and directed that one The Ritual that I haunted my dreams oh, for continuing my dreams oh because that's the, the monster from your Childhood, My childhood. Was, yeah. Was it? yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Like, I, rem- I remember. 
David Brunk <laughs> actually manifested dead. it just for you. Like, just for me. That, that would work for no one. Absolutely terrified the <laughs> hell out of me, honestly. It's like, let's pick somebody and we'll just fucking we'll make their nightmares come true. Richard, that's there like, you go. Really pick up a, a, a thing that would terrify me, honestly. That film, I don't go through <laughs> at least a week without thinking of that film, at least once a week. And, and not just the film, but my reaction to the film when I saw it. You know, it was genuinely like, holy fuck. <laughs> like, <laughs> How did you know? <laughs> oh, creepy as hell. Um, so this is on Amazon Prime. It is what I did get a cinema release in America. I didn't get one over here, um, surprisingly. Um, I'll put this up front. I am. I had never seen a Hellraiser film before this. Really? Okay. okay. Yeah. I'm aware of who Pinhead was. I knew the yeah. character. That's about it. Yeah. Um, so the plot of this one, it's set basically Hellraiser is a. It's, a, it's about a demon who's never really named. He's called like the priest. I think it is in this. Um, and essentially, there's a puzzle box. Everything if the puzzle gets solved, it cuts the victim. And they yeah. get taken to hell essentially. Yeah. And if you, the puzzle gets done a certain number of times, the person who infiltrated or who started that gets to ask for one wish from essentially the devil, supposedly. Mm. You know, it's, they call it Leviathan, but essentially it's the devil. Mm. And that's essentially it. And it's this person basically, it's one person who has been tricked into doing it, another person who's trying to make it happen and they're trying to, you know, reconcile that. Well, the same point the hounds of hell are chasing after them. Yeah. Um, You've got Odessa Azion plays the main sort of protagonist. I've not seen her much, but she she plays the sort of one who's like sort of doesn't want this shit to happen. A woman called Jamie Clayton plays the um or an actor, sorry, I don't know if it's going or not, but an actor called Jamie Clayton plays she plays Pinhead. And you also got Adam Faison, Drew Starkey, Brandon Flynn, and Aof Hines, um, who is Kieran Hines' daughter. Uh, pops ah, up as well. cool. okay. So as a to me, is also like is like a heavyweight horror character. That's low on the, the A list, and yeah. he's always looked like sort of he's visually more interesting than perhaps his films are. Yeah, no, absolutely. I was just going to briefly touch on that. Is what what kind of annoys me as a horror aficionado is um, usually the big four. It's always Jason, Freddy, Michael, and Pinhead. Yeah, and I always feel like no Pinhead's not deserving of being you know. Right. And that, that kind of in that now. Yeah, yeah, more so than Pinhead, I would say. But yeah, Pinhead seems to be fans seem to kind of label, you know, put him in with those kind of films. I'm like, yeah. is it all? I mean, the original Hellraiser it was a good movie, but it was low budget trash. Yeah. Um, and the sequels were cash cows. Yes. Based on the cult popularity of the original, Pinhead. do you know what I mean? Um, but they were never as big as Freddy and Jason, um, you know, Michael, stuff like that. They, they never hit those kind of heights in cinema or fan base as well. So I've also got a bit kind of puzzled as to why. And that's maybe part of the problem of it is like Hellraiser, like the, the Pinhead character, he's quite passive. Yeah. Like yeah. He, in this one, I don't know if it's like in other films, he's not really doing the hunting. Everything that happens to someone is sort of the bring it upon themselves based on this curse. So it's like he just sort of does something once they do something. It's not like yeah. Michael or Jason or Freddy who sort of like they're attacking someone they're, 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 yeah. they're going after people whereas pinhead seems to not go after he's sort of like he's yeah. summoned to go to them if that makes he's sense quite, he's quite talky from what i remember well i know it's a sheen and that's not yeah, there much is, much. Was, he used to be quite kind of talky and philosophical yeah. almost i mean yes like, no, very much so um, yeah. it, this this is two hours plus two hours one minute it's great. Oh, that's long for a horror film. Horror, yeah. And I think it stretches my patience and it really dragged the middle. I was not into this at all, to be honest, unfortunately. Um, it really, it, I lost interest in it very quickly just with the amount it dragged on. Um, the horror score was very well done, so I'll give them plaudits for that. Very creepy. Um, 
lots of dread in it. Didn't, didn't, no, no problem with that. Cast, I thought, were all pretty bland, no real surprises, and it just, it felt very much like a letdown film. Like, Candyman, the recent remake of Candyman, I really enjoyed that Candyman remake, and it, it felt like it done something different, but in the Candyman world, it added something to the sort of mythology of Candyman. Mm. Like I said, I've not seen Pinhead, so I don't know how much this, but I don't feel this added much to the mythology of what Pinhead was. Well, you know, if they're going to be a female Pinhead, I'm going to take it, it's a reboot as well. Um, you know, the kind of sorts. I don't know. That, yeah. I mean, the thing is, the, the linger on certain things, I'm going, should I know what that is? You know, one of those Which, things. if you're making a new film, you can't do this. You can't, is, you can't do that. You, people yeah. need to go and, you know, be able to understand for A to Z and not have to know previous You can have, have little yeah. snippets in the background that people pick yeah. up on who there is no real plot intuition. Yeah. It's something that people go, oh, that's nice. But if yeah. you linger on something for time, then you have to make it purposeful and know why they're doing that. Absolutely. Uh, does, it, does it have the other Cenobites in it, or is it just Pinhead? Just Pinhead. Uh, oh, no, no, sorry, sorry, yeah, no, sorry, yeah, no, it has got the other Cenobites. In fact, that's something, they're actually in it more than Pinhead is. Yeah. Pinhead's yeah. sort of very limited in its like, sort of use in the film. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think, I think, watch the original. Um, just just the first it. one. Um, you know, as I say, it's a, it's a it is a product of its times. You know I mean, but it does it, it flies past quickly, and it'll give you a better understanding of probably what this one's trying to do. It sounds like it's just missed. You know, it's taken the source material, but kind of missed. The it's kind of, it. it's missed the mark. So I'll be interested yeah. what the, the original looked like. I will try and watch it at some point, but um, yeah, I was, I was kind of bored by it, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but the, the horror seems to be making a bit of a kind of. I suppose it has been thrown out with kind of Blumhouse, but horror seems to be the thing at the moment. Um, yeah, you can do it, you can always, it's weird, but it used to be in the 70s, you can do it cheap, you can do it quick, and you can get yeah. big money for it. But, but the problem is, is, there's no originality, and if you are going to take something that people love, they know, you know, you've got to fucking do it right, because... You, I don't think you, you'll like this. I don't think you'll like it. Yeah. I mean, frankly, so. you watch it, I'm, I'm, you know, obviously I'm not going to judge it, you're not going to like, you know, pick for you, but I'm going to say, I don't think you'll buy into this. Yeah, I will as soon as, soon as it is, it's free. I'm not paying for it. I'm not. I'm not <laughs> paying for it. I will not pay fucking. I pay for a bloody cinema card and a subscription for all these things. I'm not paying. Rent fees. Yeah, yeah. So I'll wait till it's out free, which will be in a couple of weeks. But it sounds but um, probably yes. just saying. Um, and I will I will report back on my my findings um, and a comparison to the original. I would give it a five out of ten. Well, I guess no, it's not a terrible score for a no, it's, it's, like, it's not it's, terrible. There's yeah. a lot of stuff to enjoy in it, but a lot of stuff I yeah. just didn't really care for in it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. Anyway. What, watch the original Pinhead. Um, I shall. Hell on Earth, I think, was one of my favourite ones when the Cenobites make it on the Earth and they start killing people in a wee old hotel. That's a good one as well. Okay, I'll look for it. I will definitely look for it. I'm always intrigued. I don't know why it's bypassed me, Hellraiser. I just, just never really got into it. Um, on from that, next week, Colin, which is actually twist week. Next week, we've got a lot of films. But in fact, we've not, that's a lie. We've got one film out in the cinema. And that's <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 Um, so we're looking forward to And um, The MCU has been sort of a bit of a letdown in the last sort of couple of films, but we're hoping for better than this one. Since Endgame, it's been a bit. Yeah, it's been a bit. A, a bit, bit like the after party trying to chase the high of the original and just not really getting it. But anyway, yeah. we have high hopes for Colin Forever. I like the director, I like the cast. Who Characters, yeah, we like them as well. Yeah. So that's out. Also got, and still in the cinema, if you happen to watch, watch it with Connor Forever as well as something else, Living is in the cinema. I've heard it's very good by Bill Nye. Yeah, yeah, he's a kind of old fella that decides to try slumming it up to try and Cause he he's invigorate dying. himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah it's very, very good. You've also got a, 
I think it's a Danish film called Triangle of Sadness, which is sort of about you know mm. a, a critique on the wealthy, which I've heard is insane and well worth watching as well. Um, other than that, on Netflix, you've got one called My Father's Dragon, which is an animated film from Cartoon Saloon, the Irish boys. Okay. They do a lot of they do like amazing stuff, honestly. I don't know, I'm sure you must have watched some of it before. Um, but I'm looking forward to that. And also you've got The Wonder on Netflix, which is not the Owen Wilson one with... Um, do we connect with your we boy? Did. This yeah. is one with um, Florence Pugh. Okay, what's this about? I'm not entirely know. sure, but Florence Pugh, so we'll watch Florence Pugh. We'll, we'll watch it anyway. Cool. Yes. cool, so we'll have got homework to do for next week. Homework to do. I'm assuming you're going to see Wakanda Forever, and try, yeah. and, try and watch My Father's Dragon on Netflix, I think you'll dig it, because the, the Cartoon Saloon boys from, uh, I think they're from County, I'm, I'm going to say County Kerry, but I might, I'm probably totally wrong with that, they do some absolutely stunning animation. I will, I will get to that for you, sir, and I'll try and squeeze in a few more things as well. Absolutely. Um, tell me where to find this, Colin. Oh, exciting news this week, folks. People can yes. find us on Gmail because we have got our email back again. Yes, uh, So we're, we're on Three Beers in a Movie. Um, so that's T-H-R-E-E, not number three, Three Beers in a Movie at gmail.com. Yes. Wait, so at the moment, our inbox is, is empty. First person to send us an email will get Richard's empty beer can. That's good. Yes. As, you, as... You can <laughs> Richard from it. <laughs> no, you can't pour Richard from it. Um, be a token to think Richard's lips have graced this can. <laughs> um, so, free beers in the movie um, at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook. We're still on Twitter until we figure out how it gets off. Yep, <laughs> so you can find us on there. And uh, Instagram as well. So, uh, look us up and say hello and tell us what you think of. More nonsense we talk about. We tell you we think you give it back to us as well. Yes. I've been Colin, you've been Richard. We have been three beers in a movie.